What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk Podcast. WWE Survivor Series 2020 is coming up this Sunday, so we are going to preview that event in usual detail here. We're going to run down the card, talk about The Undertaker's final farewell, our predictions, our thoughts on matches that might be added to the card, the fact that we're missing a bunch of elements of this card, and it's Wednesday, so that's not really all that great. Callum's going to go off, I'm sure, a little bit. Rob's going to go off a little bit. I'm going to go off a little bit. Hopefully, you will go off a little bit on some positives and some negatives in the comments below. But let's get this thing started just by introducing who we are. Said our names already, but just in case you aren't aware, I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Robert E. Felice. Oh, boy, this sucks. And Callum Wiggins. Fuck this show. <laughs> I'm not as uh, as negative. Uh, oddly enough, I will have my negatives. I'll have my positives, as I said. And whether you agree or you disagree with anything that we say here, I want to know what everybody else has to say. So if you're listening out there in audience land, you want to chime in and tell us your thoughts on the Survivor Series or pretty much anything else if you want to. I mean, yeah, that's what you could do. The best thing that you can do is you can go to our video for this podcast in particular on YouTube. And while you're on the channel, hit that like button, hit that applause button if you want to help out in that way. Hit that subscribe button if you're not already and ring that little notification bell and drop those comments and tell us what you're thinking. Obviously, if you're listening to us on some kind of a platform that has no comment section like Amazon Music or Spotify or Stitcher or iTunes or whatever, then hop walk uh, over to the YouTube page, interact with us that way. You can send us a tweet at SmartOutMoment. You can check out the Facebook page. You can put something on the page on SmartOutMoment.com. Whatever it is that you want to do, just interact with us, have some fun, talk things with us, and uh, do the same thing on our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash The Megamaniacs. Plenty of other products coming your way, but lots of things to talk about for Survivor Series. So let's talk about... Some of the unknowns. Uh, Callum, I, I, was that? I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna put something out there because I wanted to start on a positive. I'm currently on the Wikipedia page for Survivor Series 2020, and guess who has the number one reference on that page? Is it me? Yes, it is Tony Man Ant Mango Anthony, November 5th, 2020. Which brand has the better champions entering 2020 WWE Survivor Series? Fuck yeah, go Tony! Sweet. Uh, what's that in reference to? <laughs> um, I'm trying to find it in my um. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, like what they they used a uh, an opinion article for that. Yeah, must yeah, be I guess so. Oh, yeah. yeah, let me double check that. See what it's on there, because I can't. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to find the uh, number that's attached to on the um like the reference number one. So reference number. Do, 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 oh, the do, tagline is it's it's attached to the tagline "Best of the Best." Huh. Because you used the because you used the phrase since WWE Survivor Series 2020 features the tagline "the best of the best," we should be expecting the very top talent to face each other at the best pay per view, and so you did that. Very cool, okay. whoever did that. Thank you for uh, uh, adding me in the mix there. I know that I'm on like the Royal Rumble page and some other ones, but uh, I don't think I've ever had the Bleach Report thing pop up like that. So cool, awesome. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. See, start on a bit of a positive note before I rip this entire show. Today. <laughs> uh, well. Here's uh here's where we're at right now. We have a lot of unknowns for some of this stuff. They have changed things not as much as they've done for some other events, thank God, but they've done it more so than they do on a regular basis and 
it's been frustrating. I've gotten through it. You know, I mean, I've talked all the time about like how annoying it is when WWE decides the last minute to change pay-per-views and I have to redo like giant sections of articles or entire articles or, you know, different scenarios like that. This time around, we gotten a new WWE champion to replace things. We've gotten two members of a team replaced. We've gotten uh, somebody debut and then get injured during the time that they were debuting. We have three missing team members right now. And as something that Callum pointed out before we got started, this is a Raw versus SmackDown event where you're supposed to have a tally at the end of it of who wins on this brand supremacy battle, essentially. And it's an even card right now. There are six matches, which means that there's a chance for a tie. Now, they haven't announced what would be on the kickoff. And last year, of course, is not the right type of template that we can use entirely to be able to judge what happens because last year they had NXT a part of it. They had the world champions defending their titles. We had the cruiserweight championship kind of in the mix somewhere, I think still at that time. And uh, a battle Royal, if I remember correctly, it might've been the year before that, but I think Dolph Ziggler had won some kind of a cross branded battle Royal or something. So there are possibilities that they can add other matches into here. And there are of course, chances that they won't. I, would like to toss out this idea. I think if WWE does not do this, they are doing themselves a disservice. They're doing the superstars a disservice and they are doing the fans a disservice. It makes no sense for them not to do Otis versus Tucker on the kickoff. Those two split and have not had a match. They are cross-branded. It would be the simplest way to just do a match that maybe some people are interested in because it is, you know, Otis and he did lose the money in the bank because of this. I see absolutely no reason why they shouldn't do this. And they probably won't. <laughs> well, it's a big who show. Knows? I, it, it should happen, you know, but they don't seem to care. So I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, it's got to the point where Tucker's already... I mean, he's a two-time uh, 24-7 champion Damn, at the right very in. least. But, um, but he was jobbing to Ricochet in less than a minute, so they've clearly already given up on him, which is a great sign for splitting up a tag team for no reason, just so you can give up on one of the guys immediately afterwards. And oh, do nothing he's got a family, it. bro. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, like, it's, it's nothing against him. It's how they're treating him. That's, but that's to be expected. So I think it would make sense to put this on the show. I don't think it will be. My guess is they are going to have a seventh match, which would be kickoff related. The only other championship that isn't involved in this so far, like isn't in any way involved in any of the matches is 24 seven titles. So just have our truth defend against some guys from SmackDown. They could do that. They could do just some inner promotional match. That means absolutely nothing, but it's Wednesday and we still don't know. So that's not a good sign. That means that most likely we're not going to get any kind of an answer for that on SmackDown even because SmackDown still has quite a bit of stuff that they need to take care of. I'm expecting this to be one of those weeks where they wait until WWE Now, Talking Smack, uh, the bump on the kickoff, whatever it is, one of those four or five avenues that's when they'll just announce some random match. And it might not even be a Raw versus SmackDown thing. They might do the stupid idea of like, well, 
for the kickoff, we're going to have Bray Wyatt versus The Miz, where you'll be like, well, that has nothing to do with it, and we've just seen it. They have proven themselves to be completely illogical in many different scenarios. So the most logical thing is Otis versus Tucker. Unless, of course, Otis gets on the team, which he might. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But if not, then I just assume it's going to be something that makes zero sense whatsoever, doesn't factor into the brand supremacy battle, and it's just kind of a waste. So I'm not anticipating a good kickoff, at the very least. And I think that that's the only thing that they will add to this card. I'm assuming that the six matches that are on the card are going to make up the main card in its entirety. You guys think that there's going to be any other matches? Or No. And... And uh, here's well, Cal. I'm sorry. I don't. Do you think there's gonna be any matches? No. Okay. Here's something I really want to dig into. The idea of this fucking brand versus brand thing is stupid, is it not? It, there, there's nothing here which dictates. Oh, these fucking brands hate each other and they need to go at it. Not even like you don't even get the traditional. Hey, they're invading and oh my god, you know. They're they're running amok in our locker rooms and they're beating up our guys. First of all, you don't even have opposing GMs anymore, which 90% of the year I would say is a good thing. But this is the one show that if you're going to run this gimmick, needs it. And you don't have that. You don't have any brand loyalty because uh, half of Team Raw was all on a different show yeah. just two months ago. David alluded to that with the whole thing with Billy Kay and uh, the Street Profits, where she's like, you know, I was I was just on Raw, and they're like, yeah, we were on Raw at the exact same time that you were. It's yeah, like, and so what the fuck are they like? Why is this a thing other than well, it's Survivor Series and it's a gimmick and shut the fuck up. This is what we're gonna do. And you, we you know why it is? Have to accept that. It's because it's marketing. The entire thing is just that it it makes for a good marketing piece. Fine, but if you're going to do that, then have Pat Buck run SmackDown and have him talk shit about Adam Pearce. If you're going to do it, make it worthwhile. Hmm. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just settling in a little bit because it is just... There's so much I could say and so much of it is pointless because it hasn't changed anything at all. I mean, this, is, this brand supremacy thing has been pointless since the first time they did it. Mm-hmm. because they haven't added... I mean, the main thing is they haven't added any stakes to any of these matches. There's no reason why SmackDown should beat Raw. There's no reason why Raw should beat SmackDown. Nobody gets anything out of the end of it. So it doesn't really matter who's been on what team for the longest amount of time or anything to that extent. It's all about why are they competing against each other? What do they get out of it in the end of it? And that's something they've never seemed to fulfill because they think that the idea of brand supremacy is enough of a, a strong slogan or a strong like you say tony is just marketing about just pushing that message and they think that that's strong enough and it clearly isn't because nobody cares about any of this stuff considering the fact that raw is getting some of the lowest ratings they've ever had but again that's just like a consistent trend but this this hasn't helped it in any uh, stretch of the imagination and it doesn't feel like any of them really care about entering this match in the first place anyway because team raw all hates each other on both sides of it Mm-hmm. and smackdown can't seem to figure out its team <laughs> yeah well team smackdown isn't filled full yet the only the only people that do seem to be getting on is the team smackdown which only has three women on it because they're all baby faces so they don't seem to have any animosity towards each other 
but they'll fuck that up by throwing both Natalia and Bailey on or something onto it. So they'll they'll skew it one way or the other. Team Raw is basically at the moment it's a feud between Lana and Shayna Baszler against Lana against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Team Raw, everybody just hates everyone. SmackDown, you had Jey Uso and Kevin Owens beating the crap out of each other like a couple of weeks ago. So I don't. Why it's just like why is it so unbelievably lazy this year? I mean, last because last, yeah, say, last few years has been like yeah okay we'll have some some invade them even though it still doesn't make any real logical sense but let's just, let's just go a bit let's add NXT and stuff like that this year they're just like oh this is happening and then we're gonna put some teams together and then we'll be done rather than actually build anything. Now, so I don't I blame wanna... them for the whole invasion thing. Now, obviously, COVID changes a lot of things from not only this year, just oh, like, you know, that, well, that's, that's a, that's a whole other argument of like, yeah, they are all interacting with each other. They're all going to interact with each other on Survivor Series anyway. So there's really no point in, in that, but I'll give them a little bit of a pass on that. What I won't give them a pass on though, is haven't we heard for the longest time that supposedly now I'm, I'd say supposedly because I think that there's more examples on the contrary of this than the actual proof that Vince McMahon's idea is if you can't deliver on something that you normally would do, that you have to give the fans something better. Hmm. Well, at, if you can't do the normal thing you would do for survivor series to do the bare minimum of trying to build up this t- dick measuring contest that Ron Smackdown has essentially because there's nothing on the line. We'll talk about the stakes a little bit later. Um, there's no excuse to not have something to dedicate that sort of passion behind. Like, And they, it doesn't have to be much like Adam Pierce is there. Pierce can say, I talked to the executives on Fox and uh, USA networks and they will give a, bonus to everybody who gets points towards them if they win survivor series okay then they're fighting for more money that's all you need to know it literally takes 10 seconds on one promo in one segment on one episode of tv or even just an insert on wwe.com or youtube or whatever that's all it takes and then they just have Cole and Corey Graves remind us every once in a while if you missed that one minute of, you know, hey, not only is this the one time a year Raw and SmackDown are competing against each other, but it's also when people can make a big bonus or whatever. Or the thing that I keep saying year after year, why not make it to where if you need more of an incentive other than just pure monetary incentive, which I like the monetary incentive idea because plenty of times we've heard this kind of thing where you lose the quote unquote winner's purse through a disqualification, but people are willing to accept that because they just want to fuck the person over. Okay. Maybe money's not in for it. Make it to where the winning side gets the number 30 spot in the Royal rumble. Doesn't necessarily mean that you will, if you're like a sole survivor, but it means that you've got more of a chance now. Why can't it just be a call your shot scenario where, Hey, you win. So you get, a title shot of your choosing at some point, whenever you choose. I mean, that's how all, I don't say all, but a lot of old traditional Survivor Series matches were. It was either built up through a lot of animosity between the two te- between the two teams, or at least the two captains of the two teams, or it was built around, like, there was a big prize or stakes at the end of it, like the 
the winner takes all match at Survivor Series 2001 or um, the one at the end of us, was it um, 2004, which was um, uh, Triple H's team against right, everybody gets Randy a Orton's team. Yeah, and everyone gets a week in charge of um, Raw and stuff like that. So there was there was always something towards it when you could actually build feuds towards it. But there's not there's no feuds being built here. It's just the fact that these people happen to be in this position at this particular time. Like, oh, Bobby Lashley just so happens to be United States champion and Sami Zayn happens to be in a Cornell champion, so I guess they're going to have a match. Like, all of the feuds, like I just mentioned, are within the teams themselves. They're not actually one team against another. So it's hard to really feel invested on which side is going to win because you're actually more interested going into it over what team is going to fuck their own team over first. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I don't mind... The Raw versus SmackDown thing typically. I think 16 and 17, the story was Jane and Stephanie hate each other and they're fighting for daddy's love and they're going to do that by having their minions beat the crap out of each other. I'm fine with that, you know? Yeah. 2018, it gave us the best in the world thing. Now, you can say whatever you want about that, but at least it went somewhere, you know? Uh, Last year, they added NXT, which was cool because Triple H got on the microphone and it fucking kicked all kinds of ass. This year, they literally just went, we're tired, we're lazy, COVID's kicked our ass, please just take this and ask no questions. Yeah, they've done that for plenty of other things, and this year they figure the big four, you'll watch it, shut up, that kind of thing. (laughs) Which yeah, we're gonna watch it, so it's, you know. But, I mean, I can again, I can somewhat sympathise with the fact that how terrible this year has been and all the other side of things. But it doesn't excuse the fact that these guys are making more money than they've ever made before in terms of the company and stuff yes. like that. So why can you not show a little bit of incentive, a right. little bit of effort towards this? You know how much like we? I mean, I don't know if they've noticed, but COVID's kicked everybody's ass recently, and mm-hmm. you're apparently supposed to be here to be putting smiles on faces. You, it's not enough that you just show up, and we're just immediately happy. We've completely forgotten about COVID, and then you just put on an absolutely shitty product week after week after week, and so you just make us feel worse about the whole situation. We're trying to escape from this thing, and we're just being brought down even more by the shit we have to subject ourselves to day in and day out on this fucking shitty company <laughs> salty callum it's always fun oh it's going even further now at this point because oh, yeah. we'll get we'll get into it more when we get into the actual matches but it's just a case of I, I just want them to do something interesting or not, not even just like interesting just just try just yeah just try just try that's and the do thing so. like even if it was it would have been just the same sort of stuff that we've done the previous years like just people showing up on people's shows other than the drew mcintyre thing that happened a little while ago but people turning up people wanting to assert dominance all the other things like it would have been a retread but at least it's something this one they just don't even bothering with any of that sort of things unless they save it all for this episode of smackdown and by then it's too late you could have and another thing didn't all have to be brand versus brand. Like you could have done a fucking retribution match here. You have a four man team. Like it's almost insulting that they didn't. And you could think again, think what you want about retribution, but they're the perfect faction for survivor series. It's kind of like, uh, and now I think about it, they did this with the Nexus where I don't think the Nexus ever competed in a survivor series elimination match. And it's like, why wow, you have these groups, you have this concept, utilize it 
They did a uh, bragging rights instead. That's right. Okay, yeah. Which I, if I remember correctly, was like a month before Survivor Series or something, yes. which defeated the purpose of it. But well, because they weren't doing, you know, Survivor Series didn't become Raw versus SmackDown. It was still just like, oh, here's a group of like people, Team who Christian, are... and against yeah, Team like... Kofi or whatever. And and bragging rights, as far as my knowledge goes back, was an elimination match either. So they kind of that's right. It was one fall. Yeah. It was? Yeah, it was yeah. wonderful. But at least with bragging rights, they kept the score, and they had the trophy. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> well, it was just one match, really, wasn't it? I mean, I know they... No, it was three. Oh, I mean, well, the first bragging rights was, but the rest of them were kind of... The, the second one was just one match, wasn't it? Right, but the second one... But they only did two. Hmm. So, you yeah, know. they completely gave up on the idea by the second one. But at least they gave up. Like, at least they said, hey, this is, this is not working. I like no, the, the bragging it. rights name. I wish that they could go with that. Instead, because that makes more sense than Survivor Series, because Survivor Series used to be this idea of determining the sole survivor, and they haven't done that in decades. No. But, yeah, that, I mean, I mean, it's just an issue with the fact that this one's been going, this has been going for five years, this top, this itero of Survivor Series has been going for five years, and it, every year it's become less and less relevant. To the point where I can understand people now taking the point of what's the point of even a brand split in the first place. This is the kind of stuff that's going to deliver. Again, the issue is not the fact with the brand split. It's the fact that they don't know what they're doing with the brand split. But I, neither here nor there. It's just a case of if it gets Survivor Series back to being something that's worth watching again. I mean, we're still going to watch it anyway because, of course, we are. But if it goes back to something where I'm actually excited to watch rather than feel just obliged to watch, then maybe it's for the best that the brand split just ends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, they've run into many issues where it seems that the brand split should just end. And I'd be totally fine going back to having one world champion and one or two mid-card champions, one tag team championship, one women's championship, maybe a women's mid-card championship and a women's tag team titles. And having a scenario where you could tell the writers to not necessarily only write for the same 10 people which they'll never do. That's one of the big issues of not having a brand split where you don't just have the same guys and the same girls on Monday and on Friday. Mm. And then just, uh, you know, making survivor series more of the way that it used to be, where it was like, you know, the all Americans against foreign fanatics or the, uh, the whole comedians against take, team Heenan or whatever. You know, I'll take team Kofi versus team Randy. As long as it's like, fun groups of teams that are themed and actually like serve a purpose other than just it's a five on five elimination that you could see on any episode of raw because that's the other thing is they never used to do those back in the day and that's what made them so fun now you got a six-man tag every single week yeah and the only difference these but the only thing that's separating these is that one side wears blue shirts and one side wears red shirts and Mm -hmm. i I think people forget about this and uh, you know star series did grow, but eventually, originally it was Survivor Series because it was a series of matches where, like, hey, it's Thanksgiving, you just, you know, ate, watch this fun show where it's, all it's going to be is tag team matches and who will survive. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, living up to its name. And then over the course of all these years, Survivor Series is the one that more than anything else has just been a whatever type of show. It seems like it shouldn't be, but 
the Royal Rumble every year, it's got the Royal Rumble. WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year. SummerSlam is the mini WrestleMania midway through. And Survivor Series is like, well, sometimes we need a tournament to determine a champion. Sometimes we do these five on five. Sometimes it's four on four. Sometimes it's Raw versus SmackDown. Sometimes it's just these teams. Sometimes it's authority figures. Sometimes it's uh, everybody's got face paint. <laughs> sometimes you determine a sole survivor and sometimes you have one single survivor series match and the rest are just a regular pay-per-view. So it's clearly they don't really care too much about survivor series to make it the way that it used to be. They just have equity in the uh, big four namesake. And well, it's a shame. It was like 10 years ago around the time they were doing bragging rights that I heard, Oh, you know, Vince is considering getting rid of survivor series. Yeah. I don't know the validity of that all that much because I had heard that here and there, but never happened. So it could just be one of those hearsay nonsense type things, or it could well, have been, been ten years. So he's he's waiting on it quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> or it could have been the type of thing that he really was legitimately thinking about that, and then he woke up the next day on the opposite side of the bed and decided, no, you know what, screw it. I love that name, you know. But this is the way that we have it right now. I will uh, break down the actual card that we are aware of. We'll talk about the each individual matches separately, but the current lineup, which could change is that we're going to get the undertaker's final farewell, which we don't know exactly what it is, but it's some kind of a promo of some sort. We're going to get four different champion versus champion matches. We get the world champions, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, the women's champions, Asuka and Sasha Banks, the tag champions, New Day and the Street Profits, and the mid-card champions, Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley. And we have the men's and the women's Survivor Series. Uh, how do they phrase it? It's like the longest thing in the world. Five-on-five five men's Survivor Series traditional elimination match. I think that that's like the full title of this whole thing. Yeah, so that's five times fast, Cody. And then you start incorporating here. So technically speaking, this is the full breakdown of what the, like one of those is. It's the five-on-five five traditional men's Survivor Series elimination match. Team Raw, including AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and Sheamus against Team SmackDowns, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and To Be Determined. <sighs> <sighs> Mouthful. And did the same for the women. Yeah. Five on five traditional women's elimination Survivor Series match. Team Raw, Lacey Evans, Lana, Lia Jax, Peyton Royce, and Gina Baszler. Formerly Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose until they were eliminated from the match. Team SmackDown, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot to be determined to be, de uh, to be determined. Uh, I've got asthma. Lia Jax, Nia Jax, Nia Lax, whatever it is. More like Denia Jax. <laughs> Denial Jax. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I felt I the, the best name for it. it was Denia Vax. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's so much better. So let's talk about the non-match here. The Undertaker's final farewell. We know that we're going to have a Bone Street crew reunion of some sort. Not everybody, obviously, because unfortunately some of them are not uh, no longer with, uh, with us, like Yokozuna, for instance. We are going to have, apparently, Savio Vega, the Godwins, Rikishi, and the Godfather. I think that they've all been confirmed. Uh, I'm more than happy with this. I could, I've said this in the past, I know I'm in the minority, so you can rip me to shreds in a second, guys, but I'd take three hours of this over the fucking show. Like, I'm more interested in this. This, to me, means more than anything that's going on with Raw and SmackDown. And 
I'm so pissed about this because why is The Undertaker retiring in front of nobody? Isn't that a, because a, a, he's not retiring. I know. Well, okay. Before we even get to that, Loud why would you in the bag? Why would you even do this in front of nobody? Like, this is the thing that would sell tickets to a show. And I know he's probably going to set up a WrestleMania match with Bray Wyatt or somebody else. I hope it's not Wyatt. But I, I just, like, there's so many other places you could have done this. But this is admittedly the thing I'm most looking forward to. I'm not. I hate to say it. Undertaker is my number two of all time. Very, very close to being the number one of all time. And for the longest time, I kept saying for the, all these years, you know, 30th anniversary, Undertaker could go out at Survivor Series and make that a big deal and whatever. And then, of course, you know, a pandemic happens and changes everything. And I'm like, I hate it. I don't want Undertaker to retire in front of nobody. Like you've said, of course, they can't just be like, well, then pack a stadium, 75,000 people or whatever. But the idea behind this just seems so. I don't know. Defeated. So please watch our product. No, I don't even think of it that way. I think of it as just like sad. Because it's just like, all right, the Undertaker can't do it anymore. He had his match in front of nobody. It was not even a match. It was a glorified vignette. And a couple months later, we've gotten, you know, a couple documentaries and some things about like, hey, here's Mark. He's done. And you're like, yeah, it's pretty sad. And then it's like, hey, donated for this type of political thing and he's doing this podcast and he's doing this way. And it's like these new stories about just like Mark, the guy on Instagram and then, all right, everybody like, Hey, 30 years ago I popped up and Rowdy, Roddy Piper said, look at the size of that hammock. And, uh, <laughs> here, here I am. I, uh, you know, I got a I got a new hip and see you later, everyone. That's awful. Like that's, I don't want to see that. I, I do want to piggyback off that a little bit and say, I am so sick of Mark the guy because they ran that into the ground quick, didn't they? Oh, man, did he do just like every possible interview where it's like eventually, even though he's Undertaker and, you know, he wasn't talking before. Now he's done the same things as everybody else. How many times do I have to? check out an interview where he says yeah well you know I, I have no interest in continuing my career through cinematic matches and yeah Montreal they should have done it differently and I love Vince he's like a father figure to me so yeah I will agree with Tony in that regard it feels hollow even if like let's just imagine that for whatever reason because you know 2020 they did decide no you're actually done we're not doing anything more with you this is it. How shitty would that be? Again, if he would have just beaten Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I'm telling you, this timeline would have been different. <laughs> that was fun. He said on the Brothers of Destruction documentary, yeah, I really didn't want to do that. I didn't think Brock needed it. and But it's Vince's show, so I did what he told me. I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to make the segment feel as this, like fun or as like i guess ceremonial as possible they'll probably have i imagine they could even do this towards the end of the 
entire show. Like, let's forget all about the brand supremacy stuff or who won or who lost because The Undertaker's coming out and they'll have everybody surrounding the ring. They'll have Raw guys standing next to SmackDown guys because, again, nobody gives a fuck about this. Nobody actually gave a fuck about the brand supremacy thing. And then he'll give a big speech surrounded by the um, the Bone Street crew and all this other stuff. Kane will come out at some point, I imagine. There'll be just a good amount of, like, just reverie and celebration. And then someone will attack The Undertaker from behind. I don't know who. It could be Wyatt. It could be could Orton. be Orton. Yeah, could be could be like I'd be I'd be interested if someone like Lashley or something like that, just somebody who they could maybe push <laughs> off the back of it or anything on those lines. Leon Ruff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he just rolls up the Undertaker. Run. He rolls he rolls up the Undertaker and he gets his thirty years. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, Suddenly, I got to start changing the Wikipedia entries and be like, yeah. "Hey, guys, remember when Undertaker uh, beat Giant Gonzalez?" <laughs> But I, I just don't, like it's hard for me to get invested in it when I know that it's just. I mean, I'm invested in the sense that I'm mildly curious about who his next feud's going to be against, but I'm not curious about it because I'm actually seeing the Undertaker retire. Because I'm, I feel about ninety-five percent certain that this isn't his last appearance, and he'll be in a match either at WrestleMania. I can even imagine him like saying that, like using this interview to say like I'm not done, and then he enters the Royal Rumble, he wins the Royal Rumble, and then he fights at WrestleMania for the World Championship. You know what though? Real quick, I'll fucking take it, because you know what? Undertaker's a star, and that is not his fault. I'm sick and tired of people being like, oh well, just fucking retire. It's not his fault that at 30 years later, with two fucking replacement hips, he's still a bigger draw than the whole fucking roster. That's not his fault. Please put him in the rumble. Have him win it. Again, I would take this over everything else because this card and this roster right now are dog shit. Here's what I'm thinking we're getting. This is why I think it's so sad. I think we're getting a series throughout the night of pre-recorded Skype chat conversations with people like the Godwins where they just go, man, you know, I had so much fun with Undertaker. I respect him so much. He was so great. You know, back in the day, we used to have some great times and play some cards and whatever. And he's a legend. And thank you, Undertaker. And it's just that where it's like today, like, I'm not today, like right now we're going to switch over and we're going to hear from Savio Vega. And he's going to say the same five things that everybody else says. And then at the end of the night, Undertaker is going to come out. He's going to have his entrance. He's going to cut a promo. He's going to talk about for 30 years, I've been digging holes and taking souls and whatever. And, you know, whatever. And it's, uh, it's about time for me to finally rest in peace. Good night. And that's it. That's it. So you're just of the, entirely you're of the of that. opinion that it's just over. Yep. That it's just over, done. See you later. It's been 30 years. Great. I'm going to go fuck my wife and do another podcast. <laughs> like just, you know, that's basically it. I mean, I can't blame so, you on the first one of us. <laughs> so I, I fall right in the middle of YouTube where I'm not like Callum. I believe that this is likely leading to something. I'm not as convinced as he is just because this fucking year has sucked. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was just it because hey, they even fired Tony Trimble. You know, everything's going to go eventually. I don't know. At the very least, if somebody is going to jump him, I hope it's Randy. And not like King Corbin, who will then make a bunch of King jokes 
for the next four months leading up to WrestleMania where Undertaker will choke slam him and not get him up for a tombstone. You just That's... fight that into existence, Earl. It's gonna well, be that... No, no, no. <laughs> no. Well, here's the here's the conspiracy theory kind of perspective. We will talk about this a little bit, I guess, in the hot tags. Maybe we can talk about it just for a moment here. But there's a rumor going around that they might want to have Edge and Beth Phoenix against Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. And if they do that, then Randy Orton's been built up this whole legend killer thing for no reason. And if he ends up having a legend killer thing and finally has his last match against The Undertaker, maybe that's what their alternative plan is. And that's why they don't do Edge and Orton. And maybe that's yeah. why they took the title off of Randy Orton. Again, I'll t- I'll take it. If you're gonna do it, I'd rather be with um, Randy because he can get Randy up for a Tombstone. And you know, I see that being a lot better than anything else. Rather it be Orton than um, Bray Wyatt. That's for sure. Just I'd rather them go back in time and him be able to wrestle the way he did in like 07 or so. <laughs> Can't really do that. There's a lot of people that want to go back in time right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the champion versus champion matches. We got, th- I'll talk about this one. This one I think has the absolute least appeal behind it. Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Now, the reason why I think that that's as lame as can be is because we've already seen it a couple times just a few months ago. They're both baby faces. Asuka has done absolutely nothing of any value in weeks. She was just in a six-woman tag this week where it's just like, all right, hey, Asuka's here, remember her? And Sasha's feuding with Bailey and Carmella. So either they interfere and cost Sasha, or Sasha wins because they want to give her a big win and kind of rehab her a little bit. And she's already gotten enough wins, so she doesn't need it. And maybe they just are like, well, Asuka's not doing anything. She could lose, whatever. I'm predicting Asuka wins, but I could not care less. Yeah, well, the, uh, the match will be good because these two are really good. So I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. It's going to have a slightly different dynamic to the previous ones. I imagine that Asuka will actually play heel in this match because Sasha isn't newly crowned babyface. So it gives her the chance to have a bit of shine on that regard. I my inclination is thinking that Sasha's just going to win because Asuka won. I mean, Sasha did win the title from her, but didn't really win the title from her. So Asuka basically got the better of her in their last series of feud, their last feud. So I think they'll give Sasha the win. Then she'll get decked from behind by Carmella afterwards or something like that. Maybe Asuka will get cost by whoever they've decided to line up to be her next challenger, whoever that may be. But I'm going with Sasha. Sasha, because I have this theory that SmackDown just sweeps Raw. I think it'll be a good match. They, they're they great. I love them both. Like Tony said, Asuka's done fuck all. And honestly, the last woman she had a program with isn't even with the company anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. So the last thing she did of note is fight Sasha. So yeah. Oscar has been a bit of a death. Oscar has been a bit of a death knell this year. In yeah. the sense that like she, she her tag team partner is not no longer with the company. He's Lena Vega, the last person she did with, no longer in the company. And Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is gone. Yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte Flair's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's the reason why Oscar's got no one to feud with is because she keeps taking everyone out. So maybe, yeah, and yet she's left Nia Jack standing, which I'm really I, pissed off about. Mm-hmm. 
We gotta have something to do at WrestleMania. Yeah. Oscar um, needs to be booked to feud with Vince and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going Sasha, but I think it'll be a good match. Who are you going, Callum? Sasha. All right, I'm going with Oscar there. Uh, are we all going Bobby Lashley squashing Sami Zayn, or what? are we going to go with the idea that he's going to get some kind of a roll up and cheat his way into a victory? I think Sami Zayn cheats his way in because, like I said, I think SmackDown sweeps Raw. And I think Bobby Lashley is one of the few guys they just protects very wholeheartedly, and there is no there is no harm in getting Sami Zayn lost, considering the fact that he won't even defend his Intercontinental Championship properly because he's a chicken shit heel. So mm-hmm. you just give Lashley to Lashley the win, and that's just the thing that makes the most logical sense to me. So I think probably that... won't do it, but that's that's what I, I will predict. There's a chance that this is their rushed kind of match throughout the night and they typically do this at survivor series at least one match is either really quick or one of the elimination matches has like a series of quick eliminations they speed through at some point in the night something at survivor series now this isn't as stacked of a card as they've done in the past they've had like nine matches or 10 or so before in different years so maybe they won't have to feel that way and won't have to drag that out, uh, uh, rush that as much. I'm kind of hoping that we get one of those events where it ends at like 1030 at the very least or something instead of like, you know, 11 or whatever. But the Lashley and Zayn one, I could see that potentially being one of those quick things where Lashley just humiliates him, makes him tap out. And then Zayn the next week can be like, I went into that with an injury. I didn't, you didn't know, like uh, that wasn't fair. I, I was prepared for whatever. Like he's that type of a heel. He can get around that. And I think if they wanted to have an actual contest, they would have had either of these two drop their championship. Cause Zayn could have dropped it to Otis or Big E or Daniel Bryan or whoever. And then they could have put up more of a fight against Lashley. But the story this whole time has been Lashley's like, I'm going to fucking kill Sami Zayn. And Zayn is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's going to happen. I genuinely wish Sami Zayn would have been like, how are your sisters? Just because that was like how they brought Lashley in. And it was so bad. And he's doing so much better that I want Sami Zayn to be the nuisance that brings up, you know, these awful things. Well, it makes total sense to have uh, Lashley run through Sami Zayn. Why can't he just, you know, put the hurt lock on him and then just keep it in for too long and then they reverse the decision? And then Sami Zayn can brag like the chicken shit that he is that he beat Lashley. There's also a chance that Retribution interferes and costs Lashley, but I don't think that's necessarily the case because they've been not quite feuding with... uh, Yeah. So... Uh, what what uh, I'm saying that I'd like to see in this match, just that would pop me, is Bobby Lashley hits a suplex and goes for the pin. Just because that was how their previous match that ended, <laughs> was that he just hit a vertical suplex and pins Sami Zayn in like a matter of minutes. That's right, he was doing those. That's when he first came in. and Yeah, he was just suplex. doing a delayed vertical suplex. Yeah, that was like his thing. Like, yeah, so wow. I just want him to do... I don't want him to pin Sami Zayn off the back of that. I just want him to do it and tease that he's going to pin Sami Zayn off the back of that. Like, that would pop me. Maybe uh maybe do it kind of a combination of what we're saying. Like uh Zane gets a microphone after the bell rings and he's like, Hold hold on a second, we gotta talk here. We're champions, we're both 
you know, representative of our brands. Wait, why don't we just be gentlemen? What, like that kind of thing, whatever. And then it's like, I don't know how you transition to it yet because I'm thinking about this on the spot. But then he transitions to the whole like how uh, oh, maybe even do it this way. Be like, yeah, you know what? I think that we could even be friends. You know, I, I'll take an interest in the things you guys are doing. The Hurt Business, you guys look great or whatever. Even family matters. But Lashley, how's your sisters? And then he spears them. And it's mm-hmm. like, fuck you for this whole thing. Then picks them up, does the vertical suplex and puts them in the Hurt Lock. Taps out. You can do something like that. It's funny. Gets uh, something out of the way pretty quickly. It's a completely different scenario than all the other matches. Because you got to figure Asuka and Banks, they're going to be fighting it out. Reigns and McIntyre, they're going to be fighting it out. New Day versus Street Profits, they're going to be doing that. Lashley just beats the shit out of Sami Zayn and everybody laughs at him. So I would book it at the very least. Well, if I were doing this, it wouldn't be this card. So, (laughs) you know, I wouldn't have uh, Lashley versus Zayn. I would have... At least potentially one of them would have changed uh, their championship. I wouldn't have had Oscar versus Sasha Banks because I would have done the Banks and Bailey thing a, a year or two ago at the very least. So I'm going Lashley. Uh, Callum, you're going Lashley as well. And Rob, you're yeah. going uh, Zane. Zane. Street Profits versus New Day. I'm going Street Profits. I think that they've been teasing this whole uh, Street Profits are New Day light thing because they're going to beat the New Day and prove that they're not. This has been the best built match in the card, and that's a shame. Not that I think that these four guys aren't worthy, but, like, the minimal build that they've done to this match has been the best on the show. Yeah. I think Big E gets involved here, because he has to, because the whole tease here is, hey, give us some advice on how to beat these guys, and then he's accidentally going to cost the New Day. But I would pop if he cost the New Day and then celebrates because he's like, yeah, fucking SmackDown. Yes. Like, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, my loyalty is to you guys, but my loyalty is also to SmackDown because I'm part yeah, of that team. Yeah, like, he wins either way. But, I, you know, we'll see. I think Street Profits will win here. And this will be the best match on the show. I don't know if I'd go best match. It's one of the ones that has potential. It it definitely has like it has the unique appeal of the fact that we haven't seen this match yet. So and I mean based on the match that we saw with um the New Day and the Hurt Business on Raw, then if they can pull off anything to that extent, then we're in for a, a really good match. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it just because it's something different and unique that we haven't had the chance to see before both teams are really good it's good for like babyface versus babyface dynamic i think it's going to be perceived as like a passing of the torch moment and i'm thinking the street profit's going to win and i don't think it's going to be by any sort of shenanigans or anything like that because i don't see biggie getting involved at all because biggie will in my in my mind he'll be in the smackdown tag team match if that's possible but i just i just i just don't think that yeah, yeah. So I just, I just think uh, Street Profits win fairly cleanly, and yeah, just it doesn't hurt the New Day because they, their reputation is as strong as ever. So yeah, yeah. So they shake give, hands. Give the, give the new Everybody's guys cool. the win. Yeah, get the new guys the uh, the victory. I like how this is the best representation of what this pay per view should be. Both teams are very similar. In a lot of ways, they're fun-loving, but they can back up all their words. 
Street Profits have had, uh, I've calculated this a little while ago. I've written like three articles where I've mentioned it. So you've probably heard it by now if you check out all my stuff on the Wrestling News and Bleacher Report. But Street Profits have had, if you count the transition of their championships where it's like it really wasn't interrupted. It's just essentially changing that and restarting. They have had the longest reign of any tag team title situation in the past. I think it was eight to ten years other than the New Day. So it goes to show that these teams are rock solid. They're both fun. They have a lot of the same energy. Good. That's Raw's guys against SmackDown's guys. They're two babyfaces teams. They can shake hands at the end. There's no need to build any kind of feud other than the fact that it's just like, hey, yeah, yeah we're going to beat them. And it's like, no, you're not. We're the ones that are, you know, nine-time, ten-time or whatever tag team champions. And then Street Profits win. New Day shakes their hands. Who knows? Maybe if they want to do something afterward where, like, Retribution attacks, you get four on four, and they team up against them or something. You don't even need to do that, though. I think you just get away with Street Profits win. New Day are like, all right, you got us that time. We'll get you next time. That kind of thing. And I'll probably enjoy it quite a bit. So thumbs up on that one. We got uh, all three of us going Street Profits there. Bobby Lashley is one we did. Oscar's one we did. New Day's one we did, which means that the last of the champion versus champion matches is Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Before we talk about that, I'm going to toss out some plugs. Merchandise shops, Tee Public, and Redbubble. Check them out for Smart Out Moment, but also check them out for A Mango Tees and Fanboys Anonymous. And if you don't know what Fanboys Anonymous is, go to fanboysanonymous.com and you will see everything on the geek culture spectrum there. Mostly movie related, sometimes TV stuff, sometimes video game stuff. Sometimes comic book stuff, sometimes completely random things. But if it's on that kind of a spectrum, you're going to find it on fanboysanonymous.com. So show some love over to the blue brand there, just the same as you would with the red brand of Smart Out Moment. Follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit up all that stuff there. And one more plug that I'll toss out for right now is the fact that there's the YouTube membership. And if you want to take part of that on Smart Out Moment, hit that little join button. If you don't know what that is, that is the same as the Patreon. And if you don't know what is going on with the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash fanboysanonymous or patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. Check out all the tiers that are going on there. At the $10 and up mark, you have access to the Patreon-exclusive dark casts. And you've got the Pick Your Poison tier where you can take advantage of the request feature. And you can actually sponsor some kind of a special feature that you would like us to do either on the podcast or the editorial side of things. So whether it's for fanboys or smart out moment, if you want to help us grow, that is the absolute best way to do it. So McIntyre and Reigns is now the match after we had spent several weeks building up. I guess you could say building up. They didn't really, but it was supposed to be Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. And if you had gone on the predictions page on smartoutmoment.com leading up to that point, you would have seen in all caps a whole bunch of rants about why the hell are they doing this? It makes no sense. Randy Orton and Roman Reigns makes the worst possible scenario that you could because it's going to diminish one of the heels and one of them's going to look bad and they're not even feuding and there's nobody that can really feud with Randy Orton for the title and blah, 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 blah. Monday Night Raw comes around. Drew McIntyre gets gifted a new kilt and or actually it's an old kilt, technically speaking, it was supposed to be. And a sword, which now we know is Vince McMahon's sword. It's kind of funny. And that gives him the confidence boost to beat Randy Orton, win back the WWE Championship, and all is right in the world 
because we have heel versus face, McIntyre versus Reigns, and that makes a lot more sense now that they did that thing on the last episode of SmackDown where they had that little face-off. So I am thumbs up on this one. I am much more excited to see what these two can do together this time around rather than their last match because that just didn't work all that well. And not that it was bad. It was just like, eh, it's just nothing. I don't remember anything about it. it. just happened. I think that Roman Reigns wins this. And I think that it's not only just because the tribal chief is awesome and that they want to try to keep him as high up as possible, but it's also because Drew McIntyre just got a huge win on Monday. He can take a loss, especially if he's got Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, The Miz, and John Morrison all potentially could interfere, whereas Roman Reigns has no single enemy at the moment, but he's got Jey Uso and Paul Heyman who could be ringside to help him. That's a two-on-four type of scenario, <laughs> all favoring Roman Reigns. I can't see any scenario where Drew McIntyre wins this. Yeah, in terms of the match itself, I'll give it a thumbs up in terms of looking forward to it because these two are great. There's a new dynamic between the two of them. It's now gone from being the plain baby-faced Roman against Drew McIntyre. wasn't had much for him, and now Drew McIntyre has been the dominant champion on Raw for pretty much since WrestleMania, apart from this blip with Randy Orton winning the title. And Roman's the hottest thing on SmackDown right now, so... It definitely feels like there's more stakes to it and well, there's no stakes to it, but it feels like it's a bigger match. It feels like it's a bigger deal than it was previously. So I think the match will be good. I think it'll be very physical because these two guys have shown that they can put a lot of physicality into their matches. I don't know how it's going to end because it could end in multiple different ways in terms of interferences, who gets involved as the Miz cash in, does Bray Wyatt get involved, does Randy Orton get involved, does... Uh, does Jey Uso help Roman win? Does somebody on SmackDown side cost Roman Reigns it? I think that the one scenario that I don't see is Roman, like Tony, Roman Reigns isn't going to lose this match. doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to win because these are two of the most protected guys on both brands. And so you could have a situation where it's just a complete schmoz. And maybe that's how you get your one side victorious over the other because these guys don't score anything. Yeah, it's some kind of a no contest. Then you have five points that you can win instead of six. Yeah. So I'm actually, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on that scenario. If I was to go to just name a winner, it would be Roman out of the two of them. But I think that the most likely outcome is it's just going to be a complete schmoz. And I think, look, I would have liked this pre-Hell in a Cell where it's Drew who hasn't lost against Roman who hasn't lost. I know Triple H did that outrageous comparison of like, it's Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. It's, they're not. (laughs) Who the hell's Triple H getting that from? (laughs) He said that at, uh, it was New York Comic Con where he's like, I want to see that. uh, I want to hold off on that because it's Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Um, Yeah, so there's that, but I like this match. I like that there's the story that nobody's talking about that McIntyre kind of ran off Brock Lesnar. They actually referred to Lesnar on SmackDown last week as Heyman's former client, which I thought was interesting, even though I'm sure, you know, Lesnar will be back 
in the fold by mania as of right now they are referring to him as if he's just completely gone um but yeah this will be great roman reigns should not lose until he loses at wrestlemania and that's if he loses at wrestlemania so roman reigns wins smackdown sweeps raw Let's go with the women's elimination match. As I mentioned before, the five that are on Raw are not the five that were originally on Raw because Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose have been taken out. And the reason why is because Mandy Rose got injured by guess who? <laughs> they had a whole... She's not like most girls. She's bitter and destructive. <laughs> so Mandy got taken out from her shoulder injury, and they must have decided, you know what? It's not worth having Dana Brooke in there without her tag team partner. I guess maybe their original idea, maybe I'm giving them a little bit too much credit here, could have yeah, been yeah. that it's like, well, Nia and Shayna are a tag team, and they're kind of destructive. Mandy and Dana are a tag team and they are on the same page and they are the way working the way that they should with this kind of team and Lana's in the middle and that kind of thing. But they decided to take her out. They had reckoning Mia Yim take her out and she doesn't get on there. Instead, they just go Adam Pierce reluctantly just goes, I don't know, fucking uh, Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. That's basically what he did without saying fucking. <laughs> and Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans are once again tagging up as the replacement sort of team, which got to make you know, uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay feel great, right? You know what I love about this is Peyton Royce is adamant on social media, like on WWE social media, like do not call us a team. I will not team with anybody that's not Billy Kay. Stop this. Like, yeah, and they're like, yes, you will at Survivor <laughs> Series. Who will survive? Best of the best. It's like, this is awful that they had to do that. It's a shame that, of course, that was the case and they couldn't just go with what they did, but I wasn't really feeling what they were doing anyway because the main revolving thing about this has been Naya put Lana through a table again. That's okay. it. So... That's what's happening there. I'm assuming that Lana gets put through a table at the very beginning of this and is the last person on the team and either wins for them or loses and gets put through a table again. Uh, yeah. That's kind of, kind of the options we're looking at. I mean, oh, this Raw, this Raw team is just... The entire... Both Raw teams, I'll get to the other one, obviously, when we talk about that, but this is just disaster zone territory it's the um, difference is one raw team looks like it could beat any team out there the other one just happens to be god awful and looks like they won't win (laughs) well yeah it's 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 the the worst case of the idea it's got like only well arguably one and a half women on the raw side of things can actually work properly and it's just because Lacey evans and peyton royce are probably like can be good on their day but it's like they don't get those days very often. Lana's terrible. Nia Jax is terrible. Shayna Baszler's got to carry this entire team, and she probably won't be. I mean, realistically, the last two people in the Raw side, it's probably going to be Nia Jax and Lana because they've built that up enough. But it's just so awful about how all of this is thrown together. The Mandy Rose thing is unfortunate, but Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce just get onto the team. Like, like you're saying, like, reluctantly. Obviously, Reckoning wasn't going to be on the team because why would you put someone from Retribution on the Raw side of things? I mean, why would you draft Retribution to the Raw brand in the first place, yeah. even? But it's just like... Why don't you give them neither. contracts? Yeah, that's neither here nor there. It's just... Yeah, it's 
just terrible. And the worst thing about this whole Lana Nia Jax table thing is because under no circumstances and any logical stance whatsoever, this shouldn't be getting Lana over as a baby face. Because all she's doing, especially this week, this week, all she did was she um Shane Basler was gonna tap out Asuka, like potentially get herself a women's title match down the line. And Lana costs their team the match by tagging herself in because she wants to get involved, loses immediately, and then rightly, this time, gets put through a table because she's a fucking idiot. And there are some people out there that actually think that Lana's getting over as a babyface off the back of this. And that's the most infuriating thing. And don't want to call out um, your buddy and boss on the on screen, but I think that um, Sean Ross Sapp and the Sapp is very adamant in this, uh, is very, um, like, well, it's very fitting in this uh, in this case about the idea that he thinks that Lana's getting over as a babyface off the back of this. And certain other people, he's not the only person, a lot of people seem to think that as well. And I just, I don't know how you can do that unless you've been warped with the current WWE mindset is that, all WWE baby faces are stupid idiots and we should embrace them because of their stupidity and idiotness because they're eager and they work hard. It doesn't matter if they actually do anything, right? <laughs> um, I will agree with you. For, well, first of all, I'll just say, yeah, I know Sean is actually a very big supporter of this Lana thing. I don't get it. I, I just think that the gimmick here is they put her through the table and it's the 10th time and they go, oh, look at that, 10, 10, 10. Like, They've uh, been paying Royce on the team now. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, I, look, I, I'm sick of this idea that, like, well, Lana's getting over because people feel sympathetic for her because, you know, we know that WWE is punishing her for me. Fuck off. Lana's getting put through tables because it's fun. And it, it's got nothing to do with Rusev. It's, it's got nothing to do with, oh, we got cheer Lana because they're punishing her. And it's the evil empire thing. I'm like, I just want to watch what's in front of me and see if like I can gather any rational story without having to put in the extra elements of, well, this is happening behind the scenes. I don't care, especially in this case scenario. I don't care about Lana who did sign a five-year deal and is making a ton of money, so if they want to put it through a table every week, they're well within their right to do that. I think it's dumb. I keep saying this. You want, you want to pay off this angle. Here's what you do. You have Lana join Retribution as retaliation and just have her and Mia Yim win the tag titles at TLC in a tables match. I mean, it's, it's there. You can do it. But... As far as Survivor Series, this is a one-person match, and that's Bianca Belair. She is 100% their entire team of SmackDown. It seems like all they did, they were like, well, we're going to have Bianca Belair on there, and they're like, we need four others, and they went, uh, I'll, well, I'll tell you next week. And then well, well, next week, yeah. they were like, put, put Natty in a match, a qualifier, and she'll lose, and then she'll do it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. <laughs> Well, I'll give I'll give SmackDown credit is the fact that they have been giving some sort of story and I guess even elements of creativity into this thing and they've suffered a bad hand. So Bianca Belair got in, but the interesting story has been the well the interesting one in parentheses obviously has been the Natalia story, which is the fact that Natalia has been involved in every single qualifying match and has lost every single qualifying match. So she keeps getting opportunities. She's somehow going to find her way onto this team on this episode of SmackDown. Because, or the or she's not going to find out, and she's going to find some way to cost her team 
which could be just some interesting side dynamic that people don't, maybe don't see is the fact that Natalia might get bitter about the fact that she just keeps failing her chances of getting onto Team SmackDown and so loses. Well, here's the thing. She kind of has to be on the team now. Yeah, because they don't have anybody. Not necessarily. Here's what we got right now. Um, for anybody who hasn't been tra- keeping track of things, Bianca Belair gets on there. No problem. If there's going to be a sole survivor of either of these matches, it's going to be Bianca Belair. That's what I'm assuming. That's what it should be uh, at the very least, instead of like Lana wins where they just randomly give it to Sheamus or whatever. Ruby Riot gets in there. They set up this idea of this triple threat match that becomes a fatal four-way where it's Chelsea Green makes her debut. She gets injured like that. That poor, poor thing. So she is out, out. Not as in like, well, next week she might win the next uh, qualifying match. No, she is out for a while. She broke her wrist again or something along those lines. So she's gone again. She is just the definition of snake bit at this point. And we got two missing members of this team. We have nothing set up yet for necessarily if Bailey is going to be on this, because they could just say Bailey decided she's going to be on the team and she's announced, or she could want a qualifying match or something. But everybody so far that is potentially one of the few people that can be on this team other than Bailey and Carmella has already lost a qualifier. So if you don't put Bailey and Carmella on there, at least one person needs to win a second chance. They've done that before with Riddle on the other side. Well, well, Natalia would be a fourth chance. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm assuming what they do here, they probably keep Carmella out of it. So that way she doesn't either take a pin or, uh, you know, involved with some other people or whatever. I assume she just stays away. Bailey probably gets one of the spots. And the most logical thing to do is that Natty wins because it's not logical that she should win because she should have lost all these chances or whatever. But knowing WWE's booking, you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose, and then you win. However, Peyton Royce is now on Raw. It'd be kind of stupid for them not to just have like, this exactly. is to the last chance for a natty and she still loses and ba- uh, Billy Kay wins just for the moment of Peyton Royce and Billy Kay against each other for a split second. Maybe they even just unite and it's like, Oh yay, We don't want to do this. And we just like hug each other and walk away. And both teams lose a member because they both got themselves counted out or something stupid. I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm so good with it. You don't even understand. Like <laughs> that would be more fun to me. Now we've done a thing in the past. I don't remember when it was. It might've even involved Natalia where somebody was announced for it and then somebody got attacked or whatever. And then they replaced them. Wasn't that a Natalia thing before? Yeah, that was a, that was a Natalia attacking Nikki Bella backstage when she was on the team. So and Natalia, who was the team captain would like being the manager on the outside got into the match instead. Yeah, so they could do something along those lines. Maybe like Liv Morgan's like, oh, you know, my leg, whatever. And it's like, all right, Natty, fine. You could be the last minute replacement. They could do something like that. What I would like to see, and I know there's zero chance this happening, but something that I think should be in consideration if you were a smart wrestling company is that, you know what's happening on NXT tonight? A women's championship match. Uh I believe that happens tonight, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got two people that have been on NXT for probably long enough at this point. So whoever's losing that match gets drafted up to SmackDown. They beats Natalia in Natalia's last chance. And then you have either Rhea Ripley or Rio Shirai on this team. My only issue with that 
is that it steals some shine from Bianca. Okay. Yeah, I thought about that idea. <laughs> well, you have both of them. You have both of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I like your first answer better. Just don't care. <laughs> See, it's not, like, that's that's so much more interesting than having even Natalia or Bailey or anybody else on the team. It's just the, the idea they can both be sole survivors. Then you start a feud between the two of them about who's going to be the dominant force on SmackDown and who's going to be the next person to take on Sasha after Carmella gets her opportunity and fails out. You know, I agree with you there, actually. So I wouldn't mind a real replay. But I do have an issue with something you said regarding Bailey. Because of all of anybody on either brand, and I'm talking full roster, she's the one person who should be going, this team is mine. I have run this division for two years. I am SmackDown's women's division. I'm the team captain. That is an easy story to tell. And it makes sense. Why, like, why haven't they gone that route? Well, I guess they're they, still trying to build up the idea about her still feuding with Sasha Banks. So they carry yeah. on yeah, the title you, thing than this. You now. ran that into the ground. <laughs> yeah, you know my frustration about that from these uh, past couple of years of just you run it into the ground, stop it, move on, like that kind of thing. I think that they still could. They killed just like on because they haven't announced anything for SmackDown yet, at least as far as I'm aware. So they haven't said like, you know, the final uh, qualifying matches, so-and-so against whatever. But I mean, like I said, the way that they've already done it, they've already had everybody that's on that roster compete in a match. So if they did a like one qualifying match and a second chance thing, it would be weird because who's that person going to have the qualifying match with? It would be another second chance person. So they really shouldn't. So I'm assuming Bailey just announces she's on the team. Yeah, and, she, she and then they do the qualifying well thing. Yeah, she's well been a rise to do so, as Rob, as Rob described. Yeah, so I'm thinking Bailey's on there, and I'm thinking that the final member of the team is Natalia instead of Billy Kay. I would have gone with Billy Kay instead. If you can hear a lot of noise in the background, it's uh, Bonnie going crazy right now. She decided to just go nuts over this match, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I get it. Uh, so, um, I don't know, women's pride, woo, that kind of thing, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay. the setup with Bailey and all that, I would like to see a scenario where Bailey is kind of trying to take charge, she's calling herself the team leader and whatever, and Bailey and Bianca Belair have issues because Bailey gets eliminated and Bianca doesn't. And then it becomes like, oh, you thought that you were the leader of Team SmackDown, well, I'm the sole survivor, I'm the one who won for this. And then they can feud going forward, and that can pivot Bailey away from uh, from Sasha while she feuds with Carmella. You know what? That'd Even though I'm sure it killed Tony with the amount of work, a feud like that is where brand exclusive pay per views come into play. You know, and you don't have to do them every month; just every other month. You know, Raw gets February, SmackDown gets March. Like. You could do that. That would make this more special. That would make Survivor Series mean a little bit more. Because just that one idea, I was like, you know, that'd be a really cool thing to do. Bianca versus Bailey, and winner's the number one contender, but they won't do it because, well, that would take up uh, pay-per-view time from a championship match. Well, I don't mind that in the sense that they should be putting bigger matches on TV anyway because it makes more financial sense, but that's neither here nor there. But that's the logical route that they should go down. It should come down to, like, Bianca and Bailey are on the SmackDown side against maybe even, like, three members of Team Raw. The Team Raw team implodes. 
Bailey somehow gets eliminated. Bianca's the last person, sta- last woman standing. Bailey gets jealous, and that launches into their feud. While you have the Carmella and Sasha thing going on, and that would all be great. And I would be totally down for that if I wasn't a hundred percent convinced that Lana is winning this match without even pinning anybody. Yo, Callum, remember that thing you said about speaking it into existence? Why? Why would you well, say let, let that? Me, let me speak it. <laughs> let me speak it very um uh like deliberately into existence then the idea that i believe lana is going to win this match after she gets put through a table you think that they're going to do some kind of like double pin or something and then it's like the last remaining member just happens to be lana yep (laughs) 100 percent. i think that what they're going to do is it's going to come down to nia jackson bianca belair they do a spot where like maybe like a superplex spot or something to that extent where they're both just like laying on top of each other. It's a double pin. And Lana has been just been laying out on the table since probably the start of the match. And Lana gets the victory. She's the winner of the, the thing. And Why? Okay, yeah. why? Where do you go from there? Why? Why do you do that? Well, you, you, I assume that like the next night on Raw, you put Lana through a table. And then it just the rest of it writes itself. In what regard, Callum? Hey, I'm not. I'm not uh, creative. <laughs> don't don't look at me for that side of like guys. Yeah, like, that's like, that's actually what everyone says nowadays. Like the raw book too. Oh, should we put Lana for a table? Yeah, let's put Lana for a table, and then they just uh, do it, and that's kind of like all it goes. I mean, you have got TLC coming up, so eventually that 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 show is going to have Lana putting Nia Jax for a table. You would in some hope, form or fashion. You would hope that, even though I don't agree that like Lana's a baby face now, you'd hope that she is going to get her come up and. I, mean, um, I hope, yeah, I just hope they see common sense and they go Tony's idea that Bianca Belair is sole survivor and that launches a good feud between her and Bailey rather than going the comedy. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if Lana wins this match route? It's just, but my gut is telling me that that's the route they want to go down. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a dangerous situation because they very well could do that. It's basically what that's what it comes down to. Does Raw win because they think, lol, Lana, or does SmackDown win because they go, Hey, let's actually like build towards the future and make Bianca Belair seem like she's worthwhile. Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks is WrestleMania, right? Real it quick. should be at least. Right, like that's the match. Mm. Don't fuck this up. Like it, it's, do not fuck this up. And it would not. not for the- it would not shock me at all if their philosophy becomes. Yeah, but this Lana stuff is real, real hot right now, and Bianca will have her time. We can give her enough wins. We'll figure it out later. That type of you know, crap. But do you understand how sick and tired I am of that? Like, uh, oh, I've been sick of that for years. Dude, Wait, like, go ahead, go. I mean, it'll be fine when Lana's Raw Women's Champion by the end of the year. <laughs> I'm guess, guys, guys, <laughs> stop talking. Move. Kane Velasquez is gonna come. <laughs> Uh, we don't know because we still don't even know who the final two members of the team are. So we'll figure that out, of course, on SmackDown. We'll update things really? when it comes to, well, you should at the very least. I mean, that's logic, but uh, the updates when it comes to that whole thing will happen on the hot tags. We'll also be filling you in on the hot tags of what's going on with the Champs Giving Tournament because right now we've got the semifinals going on. So vote on who you think should have deserved a world championship most out of the final four options, they are Wade Barrett, Sting, Owen Hart, and Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Go ahead and vote on that while you can. Poll changes on the hot tags. So we got final prediction for this. I am going Team SmackDown with Bianca Belair winning 
at the very least, she is the final person. If not just her, then her and Bailey. I'm going Team SmackDown with Bianca having a hell of a showing. I don't know if she'll be the final, but she's going to eliminate a lot of people. I'm going Team Raw with Lana as Soul Survivor. <laughs> I hate you. And the last one that we're going to talk about here, Team Raw and Team SmackDown for the men's side. We have AJ Styles as quote-unquote team captain. Not really, so, but like, sort of. Stop there. Stop right there. What the fuck is this? team captain bullshit going on right now like it's even more egregious to me than the idea that they're actually feuding over who's better or smackdown right now what advantage is there in being the team captain it's more of the dick measuring contest yeah it's just i'm the team captain it doesn't make sense it's just it's just i can understand like maybe if like oh the team captain gets like the biggest bonus at the end of it or anything along those lines or he's the one that gets the title shot and so he's desperate to be named and maybe he's the only one that knows about that and so he's desperate to be called the team captain but it just it's just so unnecessarily annoying about the fact that he cares so much about being team captain when it doesn't mean anything i mean you could say that the reason why he wants to be team captain is because his ego is so huge that he needs to be team captain he needs that kind of validation and i guess there's some sort of argument to that but still just i don't really want all this airtime associated with aj styles being like the team mediator or the team captain or anything along those lines it's just so i mean they need somebody because otherwise they probably all the rest of the other people on the team would have killed each other by now. I'd argue that Seamus probably would be the best option right now. He seems to be the one that sort of, he can go between babyface and heel sort of, he, you know, he's kind of hanging out with your McIntyre and being I mean, like, Hey dude, like, you know, Hey, we're completely opposite sides, but we're buds and here's like, your kilt and your sword. And, uh, you know, he broke kicked a uh, Braun Strowman, but at the same time, I don't think he's the one that's really like causing as much of an issue. Keith Lee, of course, is babyface. He could be in charge. Matt Riddle's just kind of pissing people off. <laughs> uh, Braun Strowman's actually not all that bad. It's really AJ Styles is the one that's causing all these problems, which I kind of like that a little bit because that's given AJ the top heel spot in that regard. More so than Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is supposed to be the team captain for Team SmackDown. He hasn't done a damn thing with it. No, because they... They had to rush the whole Mysterio thing because they didn't just well, let that because, die months ago. Because why did they have to rush it? Well, whatever. I'm not going to get into that right There's now, a reason why they're rushing it. Because oh, he's going to be taking time off well, for Becky yeah, Lynch's exactly, yeah. pregnancy. But so they should have just wrapped story. this up months ago, and then they wouldn't yeah, have had I that mean, issue. Literally months ago. With, with the eyeball, it could have stopped. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, well, I think obviously teams back down at the moment is like Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and somebody to be announced. I have a sneaking suspicion, and maybe I'll be wrong on this, and obviously will be proved wrong by the end of Friday, but I think there's a good, not a good chance, but there's a chance that Seth Rollins is replaced by Buddy Murphy. I think that there's a good it. chance for that too. Yeah, I think that they have a match on SmackDown, and that's the end of Rollins. Yeah. And Buddy Murphy gets his place, takes his place at Survivor Series instead. You think Rollins just fucks off? Not fucks well, off, because Rollins would be a father, but like, you think that's just it? It was him fucking off that is me. Yeah, I know. Off anyway, but it's just, like, <laughs> but it's just um, but, but yeah, I, I don't think that there's any real reason for him to be on Survivor Series. It's, again, it's just going down the idea that the people that are going to watch Survivor Series now would watch it whether it was Seth Rollins or Buddy Murphy anyway. So there's really no difference so if, he, if he's taken out. The hammered home here several times over is like WWE is almost not worth 
looking at right now. Am I wrong here? Like that's we've well, kind of hit this well, point. Well, I, I tell you, like it's not so much all WWE. I mean, if if you actually like good storytelling and stuff like that, then yeah, you wouldn't watch WWE. But it's more along the lines of WWE pay per views aren't worth, worth watching. You watch the TV for any interesting stuff because that's where the that's where the money is. So that's where the effort is being put. Especially for a show like this, where there's like no consequence really beyond this point. Who do you guys think ends up being the final person? Because they're in a weird situation where this one actually they don't need a second chance qualifier because they have more than enough people that could be in it. Otis never had a qualifying match. Big E never had a qualifying match. He did. He lost. He he was the one that lost lost the rounds. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. There goes Otis then. Um. Yeah, the ones the ones that have been taken out into like a second chance one, it would be Daniel Bryan, um, Rey Mysterio, Dolph Ziggler and Otis, and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, so they've got they've got options. You probably you could probably do Big E versus Bobby Roode. You could do those two. You've got Dominic Mysterio because Rey Mysterio was one who lost to um, King Corbin. Cesaro and Shinsuke still there. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to be factored in. Um, they could lose a qualifying match. Yeah, either one of them could lose that. Uh, I don't think that we're going to get any kind of surprises, like um, somebody from an NXT side of things. We could get yeah. Lars Sullivan gets in oh. here, but they kind of that didn't bother to do anything with him last week. So, Yeah, I thought they were going to go with Lars two weeks ago, and then he didn't show up at all last week, and I'm like, oh, maybe something else happened. It could be Chad Gable. Because he... Has that thing going on? It could be Aleister Black, but then again, we haven't seen him in a while, and he supposedly requested to be back down in NXT, and his wife got fired, or quit, or both. <laughs> so they could go something completely random here and be like, "It's Kalisto," and then we'd be like, "Okay, like you know, whatever." You're gonna do good lucha things, Tony. I am leaning more towards it being Lars Sullivan than anybody else. I think that maybe they have him against. Maybe a Big E and uh, Lars wins. But if it's not him and it's, it's not Big E, then, I mean, whoever. Well, it's, if it's, it's not sort of, him and it's not Big E, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, because it's like, it's Apollo Crews, it's Chad Gable, it's Dominic. It's Then they're just filling in a slot and it's really nothing all that. I'll take that back. Dominic might matter. I don't think he would. If it, if it is him and Seth, then that would be like... yeah some serious work or if Tim and even him and Murphy would have some sort of like maybe some sort of issue or dynamic that would be problematic but I imagine the like my choice for the SmackDown one would be Big E I think that he'll be the fifth member of the team and I think if Big E's on the team then he's sole survivor or he's one of the sole survivors at the very least I'm going Team Raw I think that um, AJ Styles ends up being one of the finals if not the final one, although I'd rather have it be Keith Lee. If I were doing things my way, Keith Lee would be the sole survivor and that would end up being something that would factor into something down the line. But I think that Styles gets to afterward say like, hey, look at the great job I did as team captain. I think that I deserve a WWE title shot. And then to be in Styles versus Drew McIntyre at um uh TLC while Orton and Wyatt fight each other. I'm going to go with SmackDown. If it's Big E, Big E will be factored into the uh, Soul Survivor thing. I think it'll be Lars, and I think your Soul Survivors are Rollins, Corbin, 
Barcelona. I think Rod just can't get along, and they cost each other the stuff. With Keith Lee eventually feeding with AJ because Keith Lee is big. Big Jordan's bigger. <laughs> Did they give Jordan him a name Nash. this time? Was it almost, I think? Is that his name now, or is it just uh, what Riddle's calling him? Uh, I don't hear them give him a name. Hmm. Well, so, I think that that whole pairing of Big Jordan and AJ Styles is set up so he can be a factor in with a, a Drew McIntyre feud. And that's why I'm I leaning more towards Team Raw. AJ Styles is not the bump anymore. So <laughs> like, well, well, this guy who can't, at least from what I've heard online, can't actually work. He's going to take the bumps for Well, no, but he can, like, he provides an extra element now. He didn't have to get tossed around. He could just go hide behind his big bodyguard and then bump for the big matches. I guess so. But the way I see it is that I have Team SmackDown winning. I think Keith Lee and Braun Strowman are going to take each other out in this match. and that Because they kind of had a feud beforehand, and they'll pick it back up afterwards, I think. I think... I don't think Team Raw needs to win because I think that the next person who'll be challenging for the WWE Championship is Sheamus because he'll yeah. just turn on Drew McIntyre next, the next night. Or maybe even on this show, if they do the order of that being the main event, they'll just have Sheamus kick Drew McIntyre's head off, and that's why he loses to Reigns. And then I have Team SmackDown winning with Kevin Owens and Big E as the sole survivors because I feel like you need to set up challenges for Roman next. And those two, you could have these two, those two have a match on the next SmackDown. Winner gets the opportunity at Roman, and then you have big, you have Kevin Owens take the next shot at Roman because you build Biggie up towards more like a Royal Rumble or WrestleMania event. I actually think that Sheamus might be Drew McIntyre's WrestleMania opponent at this point. Well, that's a that's a I mean no not super super into it, but uh... I mean, if they if they build it up really well like their partnership, and then you have the big turn from Sheamus, then maybe they could have something with it there. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's bigger options out there. Yeah. Than Sheamus, but but I wouldn't be at, at the moment. That's just my mindset at the moment. That I think that Sheamus is get, going after McIntyre next, and so I don't think that Raw needs somebody to win to challenge Drew McIntyre next because of that. And so Smack, but the one thing that Roman definitely does need is a new challenger, and so having a baby face like Ebrowins or Big E win this match could set up that set that in motion going forward. Well, that's the card. Um, we will find Sucks. out more information, of course, like the who is the final member of Team SmackDown this week. We'll talk about that on the hot tags and anything else we need to talk about. And later on, whenever they decide on what the kickoff is, we will talk about that probably on the post show itself because I'll probably won't get around to talking about the kickoff match until after we've done the hot tags. But updates will be up on smartcutmoment.com. So check that for whatever the most recent information is. And of course, follow the live coverage on Sunday night. Check out the post show that we do afterward. Find all the other things that I'm doing all over the place. The wrestling news, bleacher report, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I did all my plugs pretty much. So I'm going to pass the baton. Here's the baton. Who's going to catch it? I'll catch it. <laughs> um, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at dude Felice. You can check out everything I'm doing over at WrestleZone.com and Fightful all weekend. I love pay-per-view weekends. My work is almost done for me by WWE, so thank you for that. And I know what else I'm doing over the weekend? The Paul Heyman SmackDown podcast. But Callum is going to tell you more about that. Oh, I nearly dropped the baton. Ah, fuck. 
It's alright. Better watch out. It's glass. It's gonna break. <laughs> it's okay. I caught it with my massive penis. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the biggest guy in this di- in this deep swinging contest. That's, was, it was me all along, Austin. No, I'm just I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, no, so the Paul Heyman's <laughs> let down podcast. <laughs> no, don't, I don't want to like linger on this joke too long. It's already bad enough. <laughs> as it is. Um, so Paul Heyman's back down podcast where we go back in time to the year 2002, check out all the great stuff that SmackDown was producing back then when Paul Heyman was the writer. Uh, if you were on the Patreon and ten dollars tier or above, then you hopefully have checked out the Survivor Series edition that we put out there. This next episode will be the follow-on from Survivor Series with the big shows and as the new WWE champion. So the fallout from that, his first title defense against Edge. Um, some more stuff involving the uh, SmackDown 6, building up towards future stuff with them. And, yeah, more stuff with Dormary and Al Wilson. All the great stuff that you love will be addressed on this next episode. So hopefully you're looking forward to that. And that's going to do us in for this edition, everybody. Thank you for listening to this as always. And as always, drop your comments below and tell us your thoughts. And we will keep chatting it up in the meantime until we get all the way through the rest of this whole time frame leading up to Survivor Series. And then afterward, we're going to start to get into the final stretch of the year. We're going to start doing things like the TLC predictions. We're going to get into maybe some undertaker talk if something happens with that that ends up getting us a little bit more on that uh, side of things we're going to finish up the champs giving tournament and before you know it it's going to be time for the 2020 smart out moment end of the year awards so start thinking about your answers for those and we will in the meantime see you whenever we see you this has been another smart out moment and we're being counted out <laughs>